I'll start for the third time with a different song. Wait, you can't hear it. Now you can. Maybe a different song will give us a better vibe for today. Um, welcome to the third attempt to do a podcast here on a Monday. It's Monday, May 17th. Um, I was going about my morning thinking, yeah, there's not a ton to talk about. Let's not waste anybody's time, but there's a couple of things to get to. And, um, the internet didn't want us to do a podcast either. Therefore, Alex is on the phone. One, two, three, four. Five, six, yeah. seven, eight. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> hi. Hi. Is this, this is awkward for you, isn't it? It is a little awkward for me. I don't love it. Do I don't you, love it. Do I'm you, upset with our internet. Do you have your earbuds in at least? I do. Okay. That should make it a little bit easier. Um, the only, uh, the only Monday newsworthy thing to throw out there that isn't super heavy to discuss is VAC, Ohio's Vaximillion website goes live tomorrow and we now have to opt into it so that, well, so that everybody else can win the $4 million. I just think by all the good stewarding I have done of proper protocols over the last 15 months, a million dollars is just going to make it my way, but 4 million is plenty for everybody else to go for. So I think the same thing for some reason. I feel like I've had the worst year, so the universe is just going to throw me a bone um, in the in the way of a million dollars. But, you know, I also thought I was going to date a Backstreet Boy when I got older, and that never happened. So, you know, who knows? All right, so, who knows how it's going to go? So $3 million for the rest of the state to go after. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, you have to opt in for that tomorrow uh, when the website goes live. Right now, there's just a, a pretty little logo on there. Ohio, you can find it a variety of places, but tomorrow it goes live. And then um, I guess for five weeks, winners get picked or five winners are picked starting May 26th. And yes, so again, for the fourth time, you have to opt in for, I guess, older people. Um, I say that if you can't navigate the internet, there's a phone call that you have to call. There's a phone call you have to, to dial up to, to opt in. So it's not just, I'm a registered voter. They can pick me. So there's another step to, uh, to get going for that money. And we talked about this for a couple of minutes on Friday. And now that I've had a weekend to think about it, um, does, have you given any thought to, Mask protocols kind of going away now. Like I saw the latest ones like at Target. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. At my gym, there's a sign that says the CDC says if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And I get the honor system is in play here. But have you had any extra thoughts about this? I have. I think we talked about it a little bit on Friday, too. Like I am all for it. I mean, I will if, if I go into a business that says, actually, we just prefer for everybody to wear masks then I'll wear my mask. If I go into a business where they say fully vaccinated people, you guys don't have to wear a mask, then I won't wear a mask. I am not like, you know, I'm actually a little surprised at how many people are like, actually, I'm going to stay masked because I don't trust you people. Or I just feel more comfortable if I'm masked. Although you're vaccinated, um, I, I don't, I'm not that person. Like the, if you tell me I can take my mask off, I'm taking that thing off so fast. Like, you know, like I'm just taking it off. And um, so I'm excited. I'm really excited about all of this. I, at least for private businesses, like for my own employer, I doubt we're going to have the policy of go ahead and take your mask off if you're vaccinated because we there's no way to determine who's vaccinated and who's not, and we can't legally ask you. So 
um, I believe so. I, I don't know if that's going to work out or not. There may be a possibility that we can, but um, I'm not sure. Um, most of the places, and I didn't go out a lot this weekend, actually, of all the going out I did, most of it was today before I came over to work. I was surprised that if I didn't, if I was dead last week or on another planet, I wouldn't know that the CDs, other than some of the signs I saw, I wouldn't know that the mm-hmm. CD changed their, their recommendation. So I still, I still saw a lot of people completely masked up. Um, I even saw some people who were still improperly wearing their masks. So again, if I was off the planet for a week, I wouldn't think anything at all changed. Yeah. So they did come out and say something and, you know, again, I don't like fall into predictions of why they did what they did or why they did not And there's been a lot of drama over the last 12 months about the CDC and what they know and what they don't know. And everybody's kind of scratching their heads at how all of this is coming so fast. And I kind of agree. I said this is right in line with, you know, jobless numbers and people who, employers are who are having this, you know, our, our economy. Like, you know, those places who have to close because they don't have enough workers because everybody's on unemployment. Like, I understand, but businesses are going under or businesses are having problems and, I don't like did the CDC step in and say, okay, you don't have to wear a mask. You know what I mean? So some of those businesses can get back into operation. I'd be interested. Um, I listen. I fell into a podcast today that might answer a lot of those questions. It's a, a writer. Uh, he's a writer for the New York Times. He used to be a cool. part of the the Vox Network, which I liked. His name is Ezra Klein. He interviewed Michael Lewis. Are you familiar with him? Uh-uh. He's written books that you have probably heard of. In fact, I think he spit out two books really fast in the last couple of years. Um, and he basically, he got some like on the ground uh, people from, from or connected to the CDC. And I'll, it's a really enlightening podcast. I'll share it out. It's easy to find. If you look up Ezra Klein and Michael Lewis, easy to find wherever you get this podcast. It's It can take you to New York Times, whatever. And the upshot was this. The CDC really fouled up a lot over the last year. The thousands of people in like state and county and and city networks, health departments trying to do their best, did what they could. But there was very little leadership from years of the CDC kind of being... um, emasculated or whatever the word is you want to use. So it was, it was pretty enlightening and it made me feel good about saying last week, Cal, the CDC has had a lot of false starts and not gotten a ton mm-hmm. right. So that's why we were surprised that this mask mandate was repealed essentially last week. But um, can I be a wet blanket? Sure. We talked about this a little bit on Friday. Here, Here's my fear. And I, I don't personally have the fear because I'm... A healthy individual, and um, most of my behaviors are pretty careful anyway. And again, you can still get the virus. I guess I'm a little, I'm surprised that there wasn't, and part of the the, uh, the criticism from that writer and the podcast was, it's never, it's always the leadership and like we talk about, the messaging that screws things up. Like the messaging has been mm-hmm. really lousy on many levels for the last 15 15 years, even if, you know, something is, is done correctly, it's messaged poorly or vice versa. I don't know. Uh I wonder if there should have been more messaging with this kind of like a parent, you know, threatening a student, like you're off of uh, probation now, but if the grades suffer, guess what? 
you're back in your room and the phone goes away. Like we talked about very briefly on Friday, I guess I'm concerned that if six months from now or four months from now, we find out, hey, everybody needs a booster shot. Or, hey, this Indian variant is more problematic than some of the other variants. Because those are the things we don't know. How long does the shot last? And how, how... how violent and problematic can some of these variants that still keep coming up can penetrate and break through and be problematic? Because at this point, you know, last week was pretty obvious or, or, or pretty um, pretty resolute. Like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear your mask like you used to. And I wonder how much that will change over the summertime. So the only thing that I heard as far as language is that um, that they believe there is, there is um, almost an expectation that when flu season comes around, they will recommend that businesses and, and you know, and states recommend masks, masking like they did for COVID. So masking may become like a regular part of like society and our expectations and how we go about things, almost like seatbelts when there's a time during the year where people can, where the possibility of people getting sick happens. That's the only thing I heard. I agree. There hasn't, I mean, all we know is what we can be, what we're allowed to do now, but not in the way of, you know, unless there's, unless something happens down the line and that, and if that's the case, then we'll go back to public health um, and whatever is in the best interest of public health. Um, Because I, I agree with you, like this COVID is not going to go away and we know that it can like mutate itself. So what happens if it does that again? And all of us who are vaccinated may not be as protected, and those who aren't vaccinated are nowhere near protected, and people start to fall ill again. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so much of the, and that, and that just wasn't talked about. So much of this has been bad leadership, bad messaging, mm-hmm. and within leadership comes something that we also talk about a lot: is when you're in those positions, you have to have foresight. You have to. Mm-hmm prepare for the worst and it probably now that i've had a weekend to think about this and again our heads were spinning last week with with the way the world like went 80 percent back to normal for most people right um right now that i sit and think about it it would have been nice if there was a oh yeah by the way if variants get out of control and we find out that the shots don't last six months or we have any hesitation or doubt about that at all get your mask back on yeah i mean I like I like the idea of during flu season, like let's get our masks back on. Or if I'm sick, I'll walk around with a mask. You know what I mean? Like I, obviously, like I'll stay home when I need to, but I'll also be wearing a mask so that I can protect other people from maybe catching a cold that I got or something like that. But um, I, I like that. I like that idea. Like I don't plan on throwing away my mask, you know, just because the CDC is coming out and saying you don't really need it that much anymore if you're a vaccinated person. I do also believe that there will be a large amount of businesses that will still require you to wear a mask. You know, I saw a news story today. I think it was a Costco and Costco was still asking people to wear a mask in California. I think that their mask mandates maybe weren't going into effect for a couple more days for vaccinated individuals. And this guy like recorded the manager and started like yelling at him and being really aggressive. Obviously, my rights are being violated. There's going to be a lot more of that. There's that, going to be a lot more of that. That guy so. was a former child actor, Ricky Schroeder, again causing problems. 
Um, and, oh, that yeah, and, and, and I think I think you're right. Um, this could be the opposite of what we did a year a year ago where it was like, hey, you've got to put a mask on. And because um, when I was thinking about it, people who aren't wearing masks are either brazen and liars or they're vaccinated, like literally the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So hold on. Mm-hmm. one Hold on one second. Uh, we got our first traffic report of the afternoon. So we'll knock this out. Just one accident. It's Monroe at Harvest Lane. You might face some slowdowns or try to avoid that area if you can. Other than that, we're all clear. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Yeah, that was the Silver Spoons guy again. I'm pretty sure you're talking about. Like he, I, I, I didn't watch it, but it feels like once again somebody went in to start a confrontation just because, and those are the real problem people. Yeah, and I think that there's going to be a lot more of that. And you're right. I think that if we were to. You know, although, like, it's not possible to, like, test them, like, you know, the majority of the folks that will behave that way probably aren't vaccinated, you know, and and they're, you know, so they're going to take their opportunity to go somewhere without a mask because they know that there's really no way to prove if you're vaccinated or not. I am the folks that I know um, in my life that are not vaccinated um, around this conversation. I'm really happy and grateful that all of them are just like, Hey Alex, like, where can I go to get a vaccine? Because I'd really like to like ditch my mask when I can, and I'm glad that that opportunity is there. I'm going to go ahead and get vaccinated because I want to be able to do these things too. So that like urge to, you know, well nobody, well who's going to know? Who's going to know? That urge is not there. You know, it's let's let me get vaccinated and do the right thing. Well, like we talked, and about- it, it didn't involve the million dollars. <laughs> like, like we talked about Friday. Um- the onus is now on the people who say life is about risks. So if I accidentally cough on you and you don't have a mask, uh, then it's up to you to wonder whether or not I, I did the responsible thing and got vaccinated. So it's going to be interesting as we move forward with um, with some of this stuff. Um, but, I also, but I also feel like my last part of this conversation is even for some of those businesses that are like, you know what, we, don't, we still don't know, so we're going to require masks. Yeah. Right. It's not your responsibility anymore. Like you have done your due diligence for public health. And if somebody wants to come in and they're not masked and they want to put themselves at risk, them contracting COVID is not your responsibility. Right. You know, like I, I'd be curious legally how that works itself out. I felt like that for some of the like the mud hens and how they were only operating like at half capacity. I know I, I kind of don't understand why, because I'm just like, you know, for those that want to go to the game. You go with full knowledge of what you're, go- you know, what you could expose yourself to for those that aren't vaccinated. The mud hens don't have a responsibility in that anymore, you know. Yeah, um, I'll I'll carry my card with me in the car at least. <laughs> and today, I, I I think a woman was trying to make a, a reasonable point, but said it in a real sloppy way. My friend Susan on Facebook, she posted something uh. something about how. And, and, and Susan is a, she's with us, but her friend made a real sloppy comment, I think. Um, but this is not like um, people wanting to ask genders when it goes into bathrooms. I realize that there are some people out there who like to say, this is how people are going to get abused and molested. And if you let this happen, that's, for, that's nonsensical. Um, this is different because I can't catch your gender, but I can catch your cold or whatever you mm-hmm. have if you lie to me about whether you're vaccinated or not. 
Yeah, she, I know. She's. I don't know if she knew who I was at one point. She kind of came at me sideways on Facebook, and I was like, whoa, lady, calm down. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm not worried about, and I try to do more thinking on this than just the peripheral stuff. One thing I'm not worried about is getting shot. Um, <laughs> with increased violence, not just here in Toledo over the last year, but, but everywhere. And this is another part of the pandemic. It was, it was very predictable because when people face tough times, um, you know, violence comes out, whether it's, it's personal mm-hmm. violence or people just losing their, their cool or it's personal violence or it's gun violence, which it's been, but a bunch of shootings over the weekend. And I don't think, think you'll, you'll knock me down for saying this, but over the weekend it was, it was the hood doing hood things. Um, I, I know the guy that owns the Spotlight uh, Club over there on, on Reynolds, and he wasn't too thrilled. He's handsome. Tracy? Mm-hmm. He used to work at the vitamin shop that I would go to on Monroe, and oh. he uh, he looks like uh, he looks like a basketball. He looks like Joel Embiid. Um, he went on a date with Karis, I think. Tall guy? Yes. Oh, my God. Now that you just said he owned the vitamin shop, I was like, Karen's dating the guy that worked at the vitamin shop. Tall black guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's Tracy. That was uh, his parking lot. Uh, So I don't know if one was connected to the other. One was at D-Icon, which is where I was going to get the barbecue from last weekend. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, that's that's the good thing. Good is a bad word to say for this, but, like, I, I don't want people to think that if you live in some suburb, like, the crime is coming to your doorstep. That's very unlikely. Like, these things are usually pretty contained, but we wish they would stop. And that goes back to um, there was a second um, violence thing that Juwan Armour had, I think, at Woodward over the weekend. And the kids had it. Yeah. The kids had it right. They're like, give us some stuff to do. And, you know, yeah. like, my, like my dad said, um, an empty mind is the devil's playground. When you're bored, the devil comes into play, and you you get into some shit. Um, so that's why I, ne- I never want to hear again people squawking that the mayor has pet project projects when a lot of them include like activities for for kids in communities that need them. Where instead of a kid growing up hanging out with his older brother who gets in trouble all the time, that kid can go play a little baseball or clean up a neighborhood yeah. or shoot at a basketball net that actually has a net. So beyond that, and I was thinking about that on the on the way in today. You know, I was driving through the neighborhood, and the, the fact that there was those that double shooting this weekend, you know, on separate days, and then there was a shooting this morning at Burn Court Apartments, and then there was a stabbing this afternoon in North Toledo. So there's already been two more violent incidents within the last six hours. Um, so when I was thinking about that today, and I'm just like, you know what? I know that. What, what a lot of people don't realize unless you actually live in this neighborhood is how little hope you have for living a different life or for living the life of those that maybe live in, you know, Perrysburg or those who live in Sylvania in the nice houses with a pool in the backyard and friends that come over, you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that those individuals didn't work, for, work hard for everything that they have, but there's a certain amount of like, there's a sense of, a sensation of being overwhelmed when you feel like you have a mountain to climb to get somewhere, you know, and if that mountain is just too steep and too difficult, you're going to revert to something else. Like there's a lot of hopelessness in some of these communities that these kids and these young adults aren't going to be able to have that quality of life that other people 
who have a better quality of life, there isn't that crime right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's hard. Who's it's been hard hit, to... These people have been hit the hardest over the last year, so of course the violence and gun problems are going to get, get magnified. Hard. It's so hard. I mean, as, as somebody who has friends who grew up in these neighborhoods, and I still spend time in some of these neighborhoods back home in Cleveland, like the de- the depression and the just hopelessness that you feel when you feel like your life is just going to be punching a clock day in and day out, working to live only. You know what I mean? If like that. There's satis- if that, like the satisfaction of being able to take a vacation, the satisfaction of being able to like freely spend, forget, like to be able to forget if it's your payday or not is, is, a, is a privilege and a blessing that a lot of people don't have. And a lot of people will never see. You'll be living paycheck to paycheck. So you know when your account is going from a dollar and fifty two cents to eight hundred dollars and ninety three cents. You know? Like there's just a lot of hopelessness there and I think that there's not a lot of opportunities. I'm that's why I'm always grateful that like Penta exists and that we're having conversations, you know, about college doesn't have to be the way to go. You can get some training and go, you know, uh, maybe a year or two out of high school, you become like a um, an electrician making $62,000 a year. You know what I mean? Like those, there's other possibilities there for you to be able to have some sort of financial stability that I feel like is the foundation of so many other things in life. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, it's hard. It's really hard, especially when that hopelessness at such a young age, like we grew up a couple times with the oven having to heat our house you know what i mean with me having to sleep in a coat like i grew up that way once or twice a couple and more than that you know um there are some kids that have it way worse way worse and they don't have any hope that they're going to have something different and when these tendrils of the pandemic reach into where they have yeah Mm -hmm. when you're hopeless you think you know what I can't go into that convenience store with a gun because what does it matter if if I get caught? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll I'll take that risk because it's either I'm not going to eat all week or I'm going to commit a crime and okay I'll I'll do some time in jail. The risk reward is worth taking when what's gone on for the last 15 months takes so much of what you already didn't have away from you, like you said, um, to move us forward a little bit with this, because this is what it is. Give people things to do. Give kids things to do so they don't wind up wind mm-hmm. up with gangs and things like that. Um, I am not concerned, and nobody else really should be, that this plight is going to get out into most of the rest of where people live. Um, but I, mm-hmm. can, I could gather if it were not stopped in any city then you should probably have a concern. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. We're a long way from that, but that should just be your motivation to be to want to be part of the problem to help these communities so that, one, this stuff stays where it is, two, this stuff goes away or remains completely contained to gang activity and goes back into the shell that it was before the pandemic because there will always be gangs and there will always be crime. We can only do what we can as a community to keep it where it is. That's one of the things that I love so much about Toledo. I always talk about where I came from and Cleveland is a really big city and we were a family that grew up in a bad neighborhood and when the neighborhood started to go south, we moved to a better neighborhood. We moved to a suburb that, you know, we could keep our garage door open all day and nothing would be stolen. So we moved to that kind of neighborhood. And then if you go back to that same neighborhood, it is now 
a not so nice neighborhood. So that migration has happened. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that I love about Toledo is the size of our city. No one can talk about what's happening in the city of Toledo and remove themselves and say, well, I don't live there. Well, I'm not a part of that. Well, you know, that's why I left there. Uh, no, you live a solid five to ten minutes from any area that may have crime that needs improvement. You know what I mean? So you're involved. You should have some involvement in this. Either you live in these areas or you drive through these areas or your kids go to school with those kids. There is buy-in and there should be interest because this isn't just a one person or one um, minority group problem. Like this is a community challenge that we all have to come together on and try to find a way to give, you know, to give people other opportunities that could potentially change the way that they are using what they're using as an outlet in our community or, yep. or the actions and things that they're, that they're turning to. I love that about Toledo. Like everything in Toledo is 15 to 20 minutes away. You cannot say, well, I live over here. So I don't, you know, I'm not that involved with it. And it's like, mm, no, yes, you are. Yeah. So again, when things come up within the city for projects to keep kids busy or to better neighborhoods, that's mostly, well, it, it Obviously, it's a lot of downtown things, but in in satellite mm-hmm. in satellite neighborhoods, I know that um, Mr. Armour I think focused on three neighborhoods: one in East Toledo, the Junction neighborhood, and then somewhere along the Lagrange corridor. So you're right because you're so close to these things. Um, help out, uh, help out in small ways that you can, like this baseball league that just came up. I think it's the first time we have a city baseball league in decades. If you're in the Sylvania oh. baseball league. And if you're in the Sylvania Baseball League or wherever you may be and you're done with all the baseballs for the season, then instead of throwing them away or whatever you do with them, maybe give them to the city. Because you're right. Every little bit, every little thing can help. And you know what? There are going to be some people, probably the people who shot up the icon and shot up Spotlight, who have gone down a path and you can't help them. But you know what? They might have little brothers or sisters who we can help and show, yeah. show them that there's more for them in life and that there are people who don't look like them who are willing to help. And that helps so much. I want to see, you know, I want to see the, con- the continuation of the things that are happening in schools where kids are learning that again, college is not your only um, source to get out of the hood or, or college is not the only opportunity that you will have to create a better life for yourself and maybe for your family. There's so many other ways for you to do that. Um, because I think that when you're a young adult and when you're in high school, you're, you're literally just going to where the money is. You're not going for what an interest, you know, maybe if you want to be a vet and like work with animals, you know, but you're going, you're really going and you're looking into like, how can I make the most money? Because we know that everything comes back to that. Everything comes back to that. And so like if some of these kids can see some light at the end of the tunnel or have a goal that they can work towards where they know I'm not going to have large amounts of debt, I'm going to be able to make more money than my parents did. I'm going to be able to do this, or I'm going to be able to do that. I really think it will change. It will provide that motivation to say, I'm not as far off from that than I thought I was. Um, Allow them to see it and visualize it and create those opportunities for them. It will make a huge difference, especially for those young boys. I was so sad to hear, like last night, that one of the guys who got shot at um, the park off Richards was 19 years old. 19 and the other one was 24 you know it's just it's awful it do, it makes me sad yeah um on to more violence so <laughs> uh the it, the idf that's the israeli defense force which i believe every 
um, citizen, Jewish citizen at least, has to commit two years to. Uh, that's what Gal Gadot took some heat over because she was in there for two years, had an Instagram statement a couple of weeks ago, took a lot of heat because she was kind of vanilla about it. And uh, Tense Times have once again found a home in the Middle East, specifically Israel. And you asked me last week, what the hell is going on? And I was like, I'm not sure. Because um, yeah. I don't keep up on it a whole lot. You'd think that I would because of my religion, but I don't. Uh, but more than ever, probably for the first time ever, I, I said it to you last week, um, uh, Israel seems to be in the wrong about a lot of this. At least, I, I don't... It's okay to say I don't know, and in this case, I don't know. Um, although I really felt more certain that Israel is in serious question at this point because it seems like no one has provided any proof that one of the buildings they blew up over the weekend did have some kind of Hamas connection rather than it just being kind of a media hub for, I think, Al Jazeera and somebody else. And when you're going to blow up a building, especially the media who, you know, people can think they're doing this to silence the media so the real story doesn't get out, and that's where the cynics come from, um, you better have some pretty strong evidence. I don't know if... Um, how many innocents are dying? I don't know if children are being killed or massacred or anything like that, but I they know are. it's yeah. I know it's really tense right now, and um, it's Hamas who has long been a militant group against many of the causes of uh, Israel and the Jewish faith. But it seems like in this case, Israel is a serious, serious aggressor, especially um, under Netanyahu. They have become very, uh, very insular. Um, very right wing, like Trump did, you know, right. it's, it's America right. first, middle and last. Uh, Netanyahu, I think, has created and stoked, stoked that under his leadership in Israel. So when you're going to do that, yeah, there's going to be tense times here. Um, there's a lot of cursing on the Internet and social media fights and we have some protests and some occasional violence over there. Too often violence is... Uh, is, is too common. Unfortunately, now it's become like where people are just beating up other people in the street, which is not common there, but too much so recently. And honest to goodness, I don't know. I don't follow this stuff closely enough. I hate the fact that it's gotten so testy and fiery that we have to even talk about it. You know, and one of the other challenges even talking... So, so first of all, it's hard to have a lot of knowledge about something like this until something terrible like what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks has, is, is happening. And so that was a part of the reason why I reached out to you. While I knew that you probably didn't have a ton of information about it, I knew that you might have a connection to, you know, send me a screenshot of a post where somebody did, where they're explaining it in a way that I would understand, because I did my work. So over the last couple of weeks, I did a lot of looking into, I listened to a lot of podcasts that I felt like I could trust um, to get an understanding of what's actually happening. And I think you really only know, like, surface level, because this has been going on for decades. We know this. Centuries. Um, centuries. One of the things that I that I realized I was having trouble with is the language. When we're referring to like Israel is, you know, is on the bad side of this. And it's like, well, it's the Israeli government that we're referring to. It's not all the Israeli people are in support of what the Israeli government is doing. But then at the same time, you have those folks where if you, you know, form an opinion or if you have some sort of conversation about, um, you know, what's happening and you criticize the Israeli government, you're automatically an anti-Semite. <laughs> so it's like, it's a hard conversation to have. From my perspective, there's been 
centuries, like we said, centuries-long troubles with um, the Israeli government and the Palestinians. And there's something, you know, uh, one, it's, and it's not all in a vacuum, and there's a few things that have happened recently that have kind of sparked a whole lot of outrage, rightfully so, because you're displacing someone from their home, claiming rights to that home. So, I, you know what I mean? And so you're displacing families from that home, and apparently you're displacing people who represent a larger group of people who have felt oppressed for a number of years by this government and by the actions of this government. Yeah, they, so they, they're just—it's exploding, you know. When I read, Every, everything is exploding. Literally, uh, unfortunately, what did I? I read something yesterday, and I did a lot of reading on this as well. Um, it said that the Israeli government is one thing to its Jewish citizens and to, at least in the case of Palestinians, they're another thing. And that thing is a militant dictatorship to those people. I mean, it's like it's out and out racism. And I want to, in case anybody nabs you for this, I'll correct you. Like you said, the Israeli government for centuries, there's only been like 70 years of the Israeli government. And for okay. like mm-hmm. centuries, if not millennia, this tiny area of the planet has been fought over by various religions. Again, going back centuries, there's been movies made for for so mm-hmm. long about, you know, all mm-hmm. the I mean, you're talking the Crusades, you're talking about uh, the Spanish Inquisition, just and it's it's sad and mind blowing that it's gone on over religion, which is often at the core of many conflicts that it's gone on for so, such a long time. Um, hold on one yeah. second. I got to do another quick tra- traffic report and then I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. All right. Two accidents at the moment. One from earlier. It's Monroe at Harsh Lane. Watch out for that area. Also another accident not that far off. Jackman at Central. An incident. Avoid those areas if you can. That's your cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Um, one, I'll, I'll say more than ever before in my life. Um, if someone who is Jewish just blindly sides with Israel, that's not a great way to go because there are some probably some pretty abhorrent things that are happening to people who you might normally support if these two weren't the the um, the teams in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, mm-hmm. uh, did you read the statement sent out by the Jewish Federation here? I did. And I your, did. Your thoughts on that? It, it, it made me sad. I mean, it, it was especially because the statement was. Um, bringing it close to home and that there, I think that there was some sort of uh, virtual event that was happening at the beginning of April involving somebody who has essentially lost their business because it was located um, in an area where there's, where there's essentially war and tension happening in Israel. So I like that. that I mean, it, I, I tried to look at it without taking like a side or a perspective, but I understand that it was an explanation of, you know, why, maybe why the Israeli government is doing what they're doing. There wasn't a lot of conversation about people are being harmed and people are, are like, does that make sense? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as graceful as I can with my opinion. It did seem one-sided. It did say, it did seem completely one-sided, which is challenging for me. It would be like the U S having laws and policies that specifically oppress certain people. Those people then rise up against that government but then the government just does not take any, you know what I mean, accountability and that, okay, we have some old practices that we need to address, you know? Yeah, I, I, it didn't incense me when I read it. It's basically what yeah. I expected it 
to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, again, I know so little about all this, all this stuff, except that it's been going on for centuries and centuries. And that's why when uh, the president, the last one, had brought some level of peace to the Middle East, I was like, really? And <laughs> I read something like th- this guy, like one of the most incendiary leaders in the history of man. And I mean that too. Just look at his damn middle of the night tweets. He was able to bring some level of peace and bring people to a table who have literally wanted to cut each other's throats for thousands of years. Him. And I did read something that I didn't, though I didn't understand most of it that said he did this. But there were a lot of holes that could be poked in right. or poked through, and here they are. So, right, yeah, it's just it's a challenge to like like I said, like I've really been doing my research and trying to understand. And I know people, well, you can't understand silently, and you can't, you know, fight for the oppressed if you can't acknowledge all of the oppressed. And it's just, it really is a difficult circumstance that I think a lot of folks in the U.S. unless you have direct ties to that, and that's why you know, what the Jewish Federation wrote about, I, you know, these, the, I, the folks that are reading that email and that are probably involved with your, with your group locally here in Toledo probably do have friends and family. They're so much more connected to their homeland and where they're from than I am as a black person. I have no idea where I'm from in Africa, and I can tell you I don't have family there either. You know what I mean? So it, there's, there's just that disconnect where other cultures do have the connection there that's so deep. So I, like, it's awful. And you're, I want to say at least 25% of those that are dying are kids. So I think the number the other day was 40 people. And I want to say that was just in one day, not in, not an accumulation. So it is increasingly getting worse and it is really sad. And it was kind of sparked by um, the circumstance of these evictions amongst other things. But then, you know, when this Hamas group kind of came in and started um, responding, the Israeli government's response was to kind of shut down the um, Muslims being able to celebrate Ramadan, like their highest holiday, in in one of the most recognized mosques. So it was just like, whoa, you know, what's our equivalent to that? And I was talking to Thomas and I was like, language is really important. And so we have to understand language. And when you're saying like, pray for Israel, what that means, that doesn't necessarily mean pray for the Israeli government. And though, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, that's what I think. And then I said, you know, it almost reminds me of when we had Black Lives Matter protests in our country. And then there was all this violence that was happening. And we know that that violence did not represent the Black Lives Matter movement. You know what I mean? It didn't represent what a lot of us are trying to say and trying to express, but it was still a real part of um, what people have been feeling because they felt oppressed by our government. You know, I know that it's not the same, but I'm, I'm trying my best to make it make sense. No, I think you did a good job. You're right. Uh, Hamas is an agitator, always has been. Israel has always, Israel, the government, and in many cases, the people have been picked on, obviously, for centuries. Mm -hmm. So when Hamas picked at something, Israel got out all its tanks and its bazookas and said, doesn't matter, we're going to blow things up because they are one of the planet's great military superpowers. Um, If anybody anybody wants to uh, look into 
uh, some interesting aspects of what's been going on. Look up mil- look up Israel's military might. And then for, for you, Alex, I'd ask you to go back and read, uh, just do a Wikipedia of how Israel came to be, I think in like 1947 or so. And it, I think it was like land was snatched away from Palestinians and given yes. to Israel, yep. and there wasn't an agreement. And you're After like, a war. Like, yeah. who and why, who would do this and why would they do this? Clearly, this is going to create yeah. more tensions over the next ensuing decades. Like, it's idiot. It's crazy. And I get it. Centuries of violence yeah, was- and discord uh, was not going to be solved, probably without more bloodshed or anger, but it hasn't gotten much better, I would guess, over the last seven decades of Israel's existence. Yeah, yeah, and it's just again, there's babies. There really is, you know, babies literally dying there, and it's just, and there's also really holy ground um, that is getting damaged, and it's just, it's just really sad. It is. It's just really sad. Um, are you still into a uh, virtually walk with me and Jean Saturday for the Nami walk? So I cannot because I have some work to do here at the center, and the center is now a NAMI walk base for the African American Leadership Council. Excellent. Okay, that's a totally valid excuse to not walk with Jean and I, who might be alone on Saturday. Why don't you come here? Jean committed, I think, Arrowhead. I'll have to talk to her. There's one more meeting for the walk tomorrow night, okay. and then I'm hoping to have some... Some information. We could talk about this. This Some of this is off the podcast talk, but I just figured I'd ask you about that um, here. Also Saturday, yeah. um, there is a yappy hour at Toledo Spirits for the Toledo Animal Rescue. And I'm going to go visit Faith again on Friday. So I figure if you are uh, if you want on Saturday, we can go there. Because I've never been to Toledo Spirits. Yeah, that sounds fun. And it looks like they have like a nice little patio and fire pit out there. So... Yes. I'd like to go. I am also leaning towards like um, relaxing this weekend just because it's been so crazy. And Thomas was like, I don't want to do anything this coming weekend. So we obviously won't ask him to go. <laughs> but, um, he, he can... uh, and then we're going, we're going out Friday night, right? Yeah. Haunted Hydro. Uh, we'll have to figure yeah. out driving arrangements, whatever is best. But um, I guess we'll leave close to seven or so, and I, it looks like they don't open till eight anyway. But we'll we'll be fine. Oh, so, good. Um, is Thomas going to that, or is he staying back? So I believe so. When he got off work last Friday, he was off of work before seven, so he would we were able to make that work. And you know, we live right there. Like we literally, we live a lot closer than you guys do, so we might not be as far away if we just have to drive ourselves. Okay. He's really looking forward to that, so I think he's going to like set up his day to where he can get in and out because that's his thing. So that's probably the only thing that he's even going to want to do all weekend. It's going to be weird because obviously it's getting darker much later now, almost like 930. The weather's going to be nice. It's going to be like 90. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, the only thing that could possibly remind me of is when I did Halloween Horror Nights down in Orlando in 2003 <laughs> where... In September, it was still 90 degrees even at night. So it's going to yeah, be... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for it. Yeah, me too, because I, I missed it. We missed it last year for, for the obvious reason. So um, ask me, uh, not you, but ask me if you're a listener, if I have any tickets left, I might have more free passes to give away. So just message me and it's possible I'll still have some extra tickets for that. So hopefully I won't have like... Swollen kneecap and ankle, so I can actually go, which I will. I, you know, I'm, 
I'm a tough person. I'll tough it out. But well, I definitely like took a fall today. <laughs> well, you might heal from that, but with like four days still till till we go, there's plenty of time for other things to happen, other ailments from the ladies to hit you. <sighs> Yeah. Last thing. Have you, we don't talk about books much on this podcast, but have you ever heard, I guess it's a very popular book called Clara and the Sun? I haven't, no. Okay. Well, I read the sample of it today and it's a novel, but I'm going to keep, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep reading it. Um, It seems very interesting. I tend to fall asleep anytime I read a book now these days. Okay. So, um, I haven't read one in a while, but when we move, I'm absolutely looking forward to having like an outdoor space that I can sit outside and read. Because if I'm in the house, I'm not going to do it. But I did. I used to read a lot, and then I haven't in the last couple of years. Um, and then I guess one more thing. Uh, when I was online this morning looking for things about it to talk about, I didn't see anything at all. Like literally nothing. I saw I saw winners and losers, and that was it. Uh, the MTV Awards, but that was it. Did you see anything? Did you want to talk about it at all? No, I didn't even know there was an MTV award. Yes, last so, night. Did you know they're not airing the Golden Globes next year? Did you see that? Yeah. I, didn't we talk about that last week? No, I don't think we talked about it on yeah. the podcast. But and, I think that I'm like, oh, this will, this is good. This is good. Yeah, NBC pulled the plug on that. And um, at least for now, anyway. Did you watch SNL over the weekend? I did not. I didn't, I didn't do it. I honestly didn't watch a whole lot of anything. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do much either. I had a, I had some training for the Zeff Center Saturday morning. Okay. I guess how they, what their their business model is, and their commitments, and well, it was a bit of a drag. Uh, every uh-huh. like every several minutes, I heard something that made my ears perk up, and it was kind of affirmative because a lot of the things that they talk about when with their clients and patients is yeah. things that I share when I'm out speaking with Jen or, or whoever. So it kind of gave me um, some confirmation that like, I'm not just, well, these are personal experiences. There's also some, some evidence to prove that this stuff that I'm sharing um, can help others. And it seems Absolutely. like we're aligned as far as um, how to manage people, how to work with people. So there's, uh, I think seven more modules. <laughs> So oh. if it's on Saturday mornings, I'll get my coffee and just watch the stuff. And I thank God I didn't have to do a lot of Zooms over the last year because Andre refuses to keep his mouth shut unless he's sitting on my lap while I'm sitting watching or participating in these things. Yeah, my, my dogs are the same way, so it's entertaining at the very least. Um, what are your plans for Monday night? I'm going home. It's so funny. So Tom and I were exhausted when we got up today. We just found out that my AAA benefit will get his car towed. And so we're going to do that. And um, Thomas is like, I'm going to take a nap when I get home from work where I'm very much, I'm going to go to bed early. Like that's how we handle when we're tired. And I said, well, good luck with that. Cause then you're going to be up all night if you take a nap or I'm going to bed early. <laughs> so I don't know. We're going to do one or the other, but we're going to play around with the dogs, enjoy some of the fun. And then, take our asses in the house because we're both tired. What does his car need to get towed for? He's got some transmission issues and we've been trying to get it fixed and rightfully so. Like, I mean, we've put it off for a while because it's so expensive and I just don't even want to face it and find out how much money it is. Um, But then at the same time, like I just can't keep, we can't keep operating off of one car. 
she has to be at work at 7 a.m. I don't have to be at work until 8.30. So that means I'm coming into work an hour and a half early every day. So it's just a, it's just too much. And I don't function well when I'm tired. Nobody does. Um, Nobody does. Yeah. So we'll right. get it done. We'll get it fixed. Just like well, stuff. Bed early tonight, cuddles with the dogs, and whatever yeah. else. Okay. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.